Welcome to episode 74 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and in this episode, we're excited to bring back to the podcast Josh Harkis from Huify. Josh and the team are doing some awesome, awesome things when it comes to inbound marketing and inbound sales. And in this episode, Josh talks about his brand new book, Creating a Closing Culture, and dives into how he and his team have really poured into the inbound sales side of the equation. And Josh says, and I think this is awesome, that if you don't spend time investing in an awesome inbound sales process, you're really just competing in a beauty contest when it comes to your marketing. Because if we can't close those leads, it's all a waste of time. So in this episode, you will learn more about how Josh has implemented this process, some of the lessons learned along the way. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. Uh, This week, I have the pleasure of bringing back to the podcast for take two, Josh Harkis from Huify down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I'm glad to be here again. I am glad to have you back on. <clears throat> you were one of the early guests on the podcast here way back in episode number six. Uh, we kind of got the whole Huify background. We talked about your sales process. Actually, we spent a lot of the time talking about the way that you guys do sales right now. Um, and so we'll definitely link that episode up in the show notes in case people want the background on you. And obviously, they can check out uh, the Huify site to learn more about you guys. Um, but this time, wanted to bring you back on to talk about the new book that uh, that you recently came out with called The Closing Culture. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of first of all, maybe we can start here with before we get into the how and what, what all is in it. But why did you go about writing the book? What prompted that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's crazy to see how big this show has gotten. I mean, it, was, it had a, a really good traction even when we did it at the very beginning. But man, your guys' show has skyrocketed since then. So it's cool. I think we scheduled this one back then. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's been uh, really cool to watch and a lot of really good episodes. So um, I mean, you guys have been crushing it on the show and it's fun to hear how transparent. I mean, the whole the HubSpot community already, because um, most of them have been inbound agencies, uh, is already pretty transparent. But it's been really fun to hear how transparent they all have been on the show. So definitely keep crushing it. Yeah. So meanwhile, back to the Josh. Yeah, Josh back coming back question. in with a compliment. We're going <laughs> to no put problem. it back on you and make you talk about yourself here. Uh, <laughs> tell us about the book. Yeah, sure. So so the, the book's called A Closing Culture, and uh, it's available on Amazon. Um, very fortunate to have a ton of support behind it. It has a cover quote from Brian Halligan and a lot of awesome leaders on the uh, have given quotes, um, kind of HubSpot leaders, Hub, or HubSpot agency leaders especially, um, Paul Routzer, Marcus Sheridan, uh, Pete Caputa, just among the few, um, or just a couple names among some of them. So that's been really awesome, really encouraging. But basically the whole book centers around the alliance between marketing and sales and more focuses on the sales side than actually the marketing side. 
and more dealing with, okay, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good the marketing is. If we're not selling, who cares? You know, if, if we're not actually closing business or making sales, then, you know, marketing is just serving as a popularity contest. And that's kind of basically it is, is dealing with, you know, is your company culture a closing culture? Like, are you actually bringing in new customers or not? Right. Josh, I'm curious. To, there's So, I mean, there's not that many folks who we've had on the podcast. We've had some, but not that many who have gone through the process of writing a book. Um, and that's something that personally I'm interested in. And I've talked with a number of other agency owners who have thought about it. Um, but there are a bunch of different motivations for it. I mean, a lot of people see it now as, hey, we'll go in and self-publish something and use it kind of as the big business card. Um, but I know that you guys didn't at least completely self-publish it, that you worked with, uh, worked with somebody through the publishing process. Um, but what was, what was the motivation? What was like, what was the moment when you were like, Hey, you know what? We really need to put this together in a book and get it out there. Great question. Yeah. So the, the, the happy to talk as much about the process too, cause we, we definitely have learned a ton along the way. Um, especially th- that there's just straight up no shortcuts <laughs> when you're writing a book, no matter what you do or how you try to work around it. But anyway, first, you know, back to your question, you know, the real why behind spending that time and that dedication is, you know, we kept finding ourselves walking into meetings and, um, even though we've got amazing case studies and even though we've got an amazing track record, we always found ourselves having to almost quote unquote prove ourselves or prove that we actually did know that we were what we were talking about. And we felt like there was a lot of wasted time that happened during those conversations because if we could have just been on the same level or if there was a general assumption that we did know our craft and that's the reason we were talking, you know, then we would be able to jump right into the needs that that client has. And honestly, the another big driving reason, which is probably as uh, as apparent, if not even more apparent, was the desire to get more speaking gigs, you know, the desire to scale more our sales strategies and scale what we were doing. And so our measure of success uh, with the book is actually how many speaking paid speaking gigs we can get. And um, since the book has launched, uh, I've already booked uh, two paid speaking gigs and uh, – three more unpaid, which were two of two of which um, I've been trying for the last four years to, to get, which one is uh, inbound 16. And so, I mean, that was just a huge validation of, of the success in our mind because it, it did exactly what we wanted it to do. That is awesome. Um, speaking is something, I, I mean, that's kind of like the next step for a lot of folks, but it's hard to break in. Um, and get in. So, and you mentioned inbound, what is, uh, just to give people a little preview, I would imagine it's related to the book, but, um, but what, what are you going to be speaking on at inbound? Yeah, absolutely. So at inbound, I'm going to be talking about, um, the, the, the session topic is the art of the five minute follow-up. And basically what that is addressing is the amount of time that goes by from when a qualified lead submits a request to, to talk, you know, basically qualifies themselves on your site and the amount of time that goes by um, before a sales professional calls them. And so for us, 
we have a rule even in Huify that uh, every lead needs to be called within five minutes or less. Awesome. So uh, I've heard you talk about this rule before. I think actually, yeah. I think you mentioned it even the first time uh, <laughs> that you were on yes. the podcast. Yeah. And this is, I mean, that's something that uh, that there's not a lot of other agents. I haven't heard anybody else promoting, hey, call people. Obviously, people say the faster you get back to uh, to a lead, you know, there's all kinds of statistics about um, how slow people usually are and how much better your chances of winning the business are if you just respond faster. But I'm curious to know, and I've got to believe that everybody listening is also thinking the same thing, especially if they're working at an agency, which is like what all goes into um, – Getting back, how do you decide who you get back to versus who you sure. don't? Is it only if they fill out the contact form? Are there? I'm a, I'm assuming that this relates back to your personas and maybe figuring out who's our best fit prospect. But how do you make the call on, or is it just everybody who comes through gets the five minute follow up? How do sure. you? And I guess I've got I've got two part question. I've got a two part question. I should probably save the second <laughs> part, ahead. but I'm going to go ahead and outline it here and then let you tackle it how you want. Um, but I'm just as in, not. I'm, I guess I'm interested in specifically what those criteria are for you guys, but I'm also curious in the process that you go through with your <laughs> yeah, customers sure. or the other agencies can go through to decide how are we going to document out who we get back to and who we don't get back to so that our salespeople know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, sure. And actually, ironically enough, um, I don't know if you could hear those slight vibrations. I've been trying to hold uh, the phone a different way so it wouldn't vibrate as much, but uh, a lead actually came in just now, and I was looking, and my team is already responding. So awesome. um, it's crazy to see, you know, the the irony of um, just how you know being actionable and kind of the process we've built around it. So let me unpack that a little bit. So first, I'll start with your first question, which is, you know, how do we decide um, really which ones to call, or how do we figure that out? And it it is. You know, the reason why the talk is called the art of it is I, I do think it is a little bit of an art. You know, there isn't a perfect science. It isn't a one size fits all. It's really what, how does this work for your business and your company and, and what do leads look like for you and how, how much, how much do you understand about what a good lead looks like? Um, most good salespeople or especially most good business owners, I would say after being in their position for a while, they can identify a lead within a couple minutes on whether or not there's a good chance they're going to be a good fit or not um, just because of what they've filled out on the form, how, how the, you know, what information they've already looked at, what their website looks like, what type of business they have, all those kind of things. So um, the first is, you know, if we call all of our qualified leads <laughs> within five minutes. So if you fill out or if you request a download on our site, um, you're not going to necessarily get a call within five minutes. I do say not necessarily because there's also another factor, which is how hungry are we for new business? Because we have a lot of stats and a lot of proof that shows the sooner we get on the phone with a lead, the more likelihood they are to close. Um, and so for us, there's times where we will say, you know what, this person isn't technically qualified by our definitions, but I like their company and I'm super interested. And so I'm going to reach out. And we actually even take that a step further sometimes, which is we'll get, depending on what our lead flow looks like or whatever, because believe it or not, our business is seasonal. We do double the amount of business in Q3 and Q4 than we do in Q1 and 2 
Still don't really understand that. I've got some theories. Love to discuss probably on a whole different podcast, but <laughs> I'm still not really sure. Yeah. But uh, but really, um, if if our lead volume is down, we will go as far as when companies companies visit our website, we see that as them giving us uh, permission or rather them requesting that we help answer their questions. And so we will actually reach out to companies and just kind of blanket departments that we're guessing um, what departments might be searching, whether it's sales or marketing is typically the departments that it falls into, but depending on what has been looked at on the website. And we'll just be like, hey, based on what's been looked at on the website, you know, we uh, wanted to see if there's someone from your company was looking on our site and love to see if there's any questions we can help answer. I've also sent this message to, I'll just name people on your team, to, you know, hey, Gray, someone on your site looked at our site or someone at your company looked at our site. We'd love to help answer any questions you might have um, in regards to blank, blank, blank. This is how we found that effective for companies like yours. By the way, I've also sent this message to Andrew and to Ryan. Uh, Please let me know who the best person to talk to is. And that has worked ridiculously well. Um, we've had a lot of companies say, oh, that's probably Susan or actually, yeah, that's me. Uh, wow. I'm surprised that you followed up. Uh, yeah, let's definitely talk. I have questions about blah, 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 blah. So um, I guess, again, kind of a summary answer to your initial question, which is who do I call and when or who, who do I call? Um, we've kind of already answered the when and how quickly. Um, it really is up to you. What do you see as a qualified lead? Um, when you're starting out, every lead is a qualified lead and not only leads, but every prospect right. <laughs> is someone you should be calling. Uh, if you have a massive pipeline and you are, you can't keep up with the new business that's coming in right now, we're kind of running into that more of that problem, which is a, a good problem to have. Um, but then we raise the stakes a little bit more on who we're going to qualify and who we're going to send through, uh, nurturing so they can be qualified. Right. That makes sense. So right now, Josh, just for you guys on the team, is it you and, sure. and Kyle from your team who are doing the bulk of these calls or how many people are involved um, in, in making these calls? Yeah. So Kyle and I are the dedicated sales professionals, um, even though, you know, my my title is head of inbound strategy because I do come in on the client side a little bit and help out with uh, what you know, the strategy of, of our, of what our, our clients are doing and kind of the big picture stuff. But I do spend a majority of my time on the sales side, um, kind of in the later process of the sales process. But Kyle is our, is our dedicated sales professional and he's qualifying all the new leads. So he's actually the one who jumped in in the chat and said, I got this. Um, but we've also trained again, getting into a culture of closing. We've trained our whole staff that if Kyle or I are busy, like sometimes when it rains, it pours. So, you know, there's times where we'll both be on the phone with leads and there's more leads coming in because maybe a great article came out or a case study or it just happens to be that season. Are the rest of our staff are actually trained to call the leads within five minutes and take a very introductory call. Um, it's not really... They're not really qualifying them as much, but they're just more answering their questions and getting a meeting booked with Kyle or I. And so we have that whole system set up and it's been working really, really well. And um, the response rate that we've had back 
is extremely positive. People are so elated that we get on the phone so quickly and, and are able to provide that kind of help and context. Right. That makes sense. And you answered, that was the next question is just, is, is everybody on the team, you know, on, in the situation that everyone else is tied up? Uh, I, that's kind of my guess was that, uh, since you wrote a book <laughs> called the closing culture that everyone was trained to, um, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go. And then I've got another question for you. Yeah, sure. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's always an ever evolving process where we're constantly learning like, okay, what's the script look like that you're supposed to say? And, you know, there's some team members that are way more comfortable than others. And so they might go in a little bit more detail with the script than others. And others are like, hey, I'm just going to pull the glorified secretary role on this one. And right. it's like, hey, that's totally cool. <laughs> I get it. You do design and you're going to try to be as helpful as possible. But that might be limited based on what they're looking for and, and your expertise. So um, totally fine to do that. But kind of Again, our goal was always to have our whole team. Uh, we take our whole team to inbound. And the thought is if any of our team members get separated from the group and someone says, hey, what do you do? We want them to be able to represent the company and communicate effectively enough and answer their questions enough that they could potentially book a follow-up meeting from that um, no matter what their role is in the company. And so that carries, you know, that carries all the way through to the phone. And when the phone rings, can anyone pick it up and, and deliver value and at least get a meeting booked with someone who can take it through the take that lead or through the sales process? Right. That makes sense. So I've got a couple a couple other questions, but one is related to uh, measurement. And this is probably sure. I'm probably the only person from our team who would ask this question just because I like <laughs> figuring out I'm much more on the science side uh, yeah, versus the art side of things. But <laughs> um, in terms of measuring this, are there certain metrics that you're looking at? And some, like some that popped to mind, obviously, is like, are we tracking somewhere? How quickly that response happens, and if so, where does that get tracked? But I, I guess I would also think maybe, like maybe, hey, we're looking at what percentage of leads that come in do we con- do we think are qualified enough to call within five minutes? And so, if that's thirty percent or fifty percent or whatever sure. that is, like. Do we track that over time and have some idea? Hey, here's how many. Obviously, that's going to play into your whole sales pipeline. But, but what what are the ways that you measure it? Obviously, for you guys, and I'd be curious to know: does that is that different for clients or for other folks you're working with? Yeah, sure. And I, I could pull up exact statistics, but to to save you from the click click of the keys, um, I'll just kind of give you general numbers. Um, but, uh, but you're, but anyone, um, on this podcast who's listening is, is more than welcome to, to book a time with me. We'll talk more about that at the end, but, and, uh, I'm more than happy to go through and even show a little bit of what we do. Um, so, so really, you know, it comes down to, we've gone all in with HubSpot sales. And so every single team member of ours actually has a HubSpot sales account. And and I do mean the fifty dollar, you know, a month account um, with all the sales tools and everything. So even our client services team has that. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why we got into that. We don't need to get into all of the operational side of of that right now. Um, but the reason why we've gone all in is because there is enough tracking inside HubSpot to do a really good job analyzing. And then they're also with some added elements um, like adding a field which is a yes, no drop down was 
you know, five minute follow up. Yes, no. <laughs> That's one of them where it's just when every sales, when every one of our, uh, say, you know, whether it's Kyle, I, or, or, or any of their team members, when they're jumping in and calling a lead, um, they own that lead until it gets transitioned to someone else. And so it's their responsibility to mark yes, no, if they followed up within five minutes. And then because we're calling from the HubSpot CRM, we can see when that lead came in and then, you know, if they were called within five minutes because it's right there in the timeline. And so we will go in randomly and kind of just scan through some of these and, and get more information that way. Um, and of course, if, if it was ever, if it ever came up where someone clicked yes and they had called them within, you know, 30 minutes or a few hours, then obviously that would be addressed and discussed and that's a different issue. But um, we haven't had that happen yet. And really what that helps you do is it helps you, whether you use smart lists or whether you use anything else, you can start to then get some good data from that. Like, okay, how many people that we called within five minutes reach this stage or how many people did this or whatever. And there's a, there's a bunch of really good properties that are already in HubSpot that a lot of people don't necessarily use. Um, like there's, uh, there's date that, um, date that someone became an MQL or date that someone became an SQL or yep. for every, every single life cycle, there's a, a date attached to it. And so you can actually use some of that information to see like, okay, how many people move to the next stage within two weeks that we also called within five minutes. And so you can start to pull some really awesome data. It's a little more manual. Don't get me wrong. I wish we could make it a little more streamlined, but um, it's still all there though. And you can still get some really good actionable data where you can say, wow, you know, because we followed up within five minutes, uh, this has been awesome. And just a quick side note on that too. We're all agencies who are listening to this podcast. So like what better way to practice what you preach and also to just impress the crap out of a lead. You know, a lead is once what you're doing with them. So it's so many times where we'll get people, we'll, we will win business and they will say, you know what this comes back to is the fact that you called us within five minutes and, and that's what you guys preach and that's what we want our sales team to do. And all the other agencies we talked to didn't call us back for a couple weeks or a couple days or whatever. And we wouldn't, we don't want to work with someone who doesn't understand sales as well as you all do. And so that's been something just as like a quick tip for all those agencies who are listening to this is when you have a well-oiled machine, sales machine, it shows very quickly and you outshine your competition very, very quickly. And the leads and the, and the new opportunities see that and they crave it and they want it. And you can reference it all the time. And that's how I close a lot of business. Um, so does Kyle as we'll be like, look, I've showed you, I've tracked you on our site. Do you want this or not? I'll be like, yes, we want what you have. I'm like, okay, great. Then you need to work with us because you don't have an option because you didn't have that same experience when you were talking to so-and-so, did you? No, we did not. Okay. Well, do you want that experience or do you want to close like we do? I want to close like you do. Okay, great. All right. So we'll do our kickoff meeting on Monday. All right, great. <laughs> and so it's a different conversation. Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely is. And we see that so often. Obviously, this is a great example. 
But another thing that has come up time after time after time on this podcast is just all of the agencies who are having a lot of success with inbound marketing have very clearly, uh, and there's a number of things that they've all done that they share in common. And kind of as you're looking for like, what is, uh, you know, what's the least common denominator? What's, uh, what is happening at the core that all these agencies do, even though they have their differences. And one of the most glaring, uh, things is they're all investing heavily in their own marketing and they've all put a lot of time and emphasis into their own marketing. And I think that the reason that I've heard a lot of people say that that happens is because why are those agencies having success? Well, they're generating a lot of leads and that's one half of it. But what I think is probably more impactful and more profound that so many agencies don't understand is exactly what you're saying right now. It is that they're generating more leads through their marketing, but by doing all that marketing, they're also proving to their clients that they know how to do it. Uh, that first exactly. experience they have is, oh yeah, they do have their act together. They think this is so valuable that they're doing it for themselves. And so you have the exact same thing, to, uh, the exact same opportunity to do that with uh, not just the marketing side, but expanding that out to the beginning of that sales process. Um, I don't know where we, I mean, the whole thing is the sales process, but, but to that human <laughs> sure, interaction sure, sure. that's happening no, there. And so I think that's a huge point to highlight for people um, that this is, if that's what you want to preach to clients that they should be doing, which they definitely should be doing. And every study that's ever been done tell, <laughs> tells you they should be doing this. Um, then that needs to be part of the way that you deliver your services as well. And what a better way to, to check. I do mean like check when, I mean like, what a better way to check the power struggle um, that a new lead has than to tell them like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you come to my website and look for help or did I go to yours? So when you're telling me to prove how good we are and how we're going to drive results, that's like walking into a doctor's office and saying like, hey, I need your help. Prove to me that you're the best doctor ever. Yeah. And it's like, how about you just look at the fact that you walked into my office and that alone is a testament that I'm the best because how many referrals did you have? Well, five or six. Okay. Then let's, let's just skip past all that and let's just talk about why your knee is so jacked up. And it's the same kind of thing with these sales is, especially, you know, I think gray, you and I are, are similar age and I do think age does play a factor into it. If you aren't as confident and if you don't address these things so clearly that look, you came to us and whether it's age, whether it's something else, whether it's size of your team, whatever you might see as potentially an, an element of insecurity or something that could look uh, negative uh, with your agency. You know, we have a really small team and we have a really young team. So a lot of agencies, I hear them talk about like, oh, how big is your team? Or, oh, man, we're only this many people or whatever. And it's like, look, who cares at the end of the day? You know, if you're able to drive results then you are very effective at what you do and you should speak to that. Um, just giving even uh, Darren a quick shout out over at Link Caffeine. He runs an awesome ship and, you know, we were talking the other day and he's done, he's done PPC for some of the biggest, I mean, some of the biggest, most well-known names out there. And like, that's one guy who's going to just blow up the market. I mean, or, or, uh, Charles with uh, Sinks uh, down in Australia, you know, he's also blowing it up. Really small teams. They're extremely good at what they do. 
And it's like those are those are two guys that you know can even speak to that as well. And I mean, of course, you guys at Guava Box, I uh, kind of know your model a little bit as well, and and us at Huify too. Yeah, no, I think I think you're definitely right, and that is uh, I think just checking that power struggle, having the confidence to um, to lean back on them is a big deal in in closing sales, and it definitely took um, it definitely took us a while to to figure that out at Guava Box to go in with enough confidence and not just instantly, not even instantly, but, but wilt at some point during the sales process and say, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe we don't have a good answer for that one. Um, yeah, being for able, sure. Being able to come back to them. Josh, one of the things that's come up, uh, a decent amount here lately on the podcast has been obviously HubSpot has put a lot more emphasis on the sales side of things. Sure. Starting with the CRM a couple of years ago, expanding last year at inbound, uh, growing again, especially this year at inbound, um, where there's a lot more of a focus on the sales side of things. So we've heard from a, quite a few guests about sales enablement services and the way that they're yes. kind of moving into that space. Do you guys, is everything when when a customer works with UFI, are you working with them on the whole growth side of things? Uh, do you have like a segment of sales enablement services? How do you sell? Obviously, you've got this uh, closing culture that, that you're trying to represent at your agency and build into your agency. How do you do this for clients? And is that all one package? Is it multiple packages? How do, uh, how do customers go through the process of getting your help with this? Yes, absolutely. So we, this is definitely like a lot of things in agencies. I'd say this is an ever evolving thing. And, um, up until probably about a month ago, uh, we offered three core service offerings: uh, inbound marketing, which we obviously built our company on, and and you know, that's how we were able to become, you know, the second highest reviewed HubSpot agency um, in the directory, and everything is is really with that service. And then from there, with the growth of the COS and people wanting new websites, and also us referring uh, people to other firms, and then the websites coming back and just not performing as well. We were like, you know what, we should, we should really start to offer that. So that was kind of the second uh, service offering as, as we rolled out COS websites and uh, we just rolled out a killer site even last week that just amazing. And it's amazing how when, uh, just on a quick side note, the, the le- and I think every agency can attest to this, the less a client is involved, <laughs> the better the outcome for the website. So and true. so this <laughs> so this site is so sick. And even the client is like, oh, this is so perfect. I couldn't have imagined a better one. And you're like, exactly. <laughs> That's why. Um, and so and versus a, the opposite, which we're still dealing with. Uh, with another client where they have way too many cooks in the kitchen and, and uh, the site's just going to be something that we will never show because I didn't mention who they are. The site's going to be complete garbage when we launch it. And it's one of those things that we're just shy of almost firing them as a client and not launching it at all just because of how horrible it's turning out. But anyway, that was a, just a random t- yep. a tangent I think <laughs> that anyone can appreciate. So so then the third the third side is the sales enablement side and and really the reason why you know even before I knew what the term sales enablement was or had heard that kind of buzzword as it's quickly becoming in our space um, this and this is a, actually a story right from that that's also referenced in the book as well as we had a lead and I, I know there's a ton of people that can attest to this and 
we had a lead where they they had a, a, a um, I'm trying to think about how I can keep this in as ambiguous. Am, how do you say that word? Anonymous? Ambiguous? Anonymous? Ambiguous. Thank you. Ambiguous. Yeah, well, either of those work. There we go. Okay, so thanks, Gray. Um, so I want to keep them as anonymous as possible, but basically they, they ran a company that, that had a, an enterprise software platform and um, they had a bunch of big clients, you know, HP, you know, a bunch of other big clients, all that kind of stuff. And um, they had rolled out kind of a, a, another model of their platform that would be better for smaller kind of mid-level enterprise, whatever. And we had doubled the amount of new leads that came in year over year, you know, literally 100x growth and, and new qualified leads. And they did not make one sale or they did. I think they made two sales. And because of them not hitting what they had in their mind as goals, um, they did not renew with us. And, you know, we crushed it. I mean, we knocked the ball out of the park. I mean, it was an amazing marketing job. Um, these were all amazing leads, ripe to be sold. And we even got a chance to dive in a little bit deeper and kind of do a postmortem <laughs> with them and figure out, you know, what happened here and and what it came back to. And we had done this every month even is remind them, like, you need to call these leads. You need to call these leads. But really what had happened was they had uh, an outside salesperson who was doing more field sales and going after their own opportunities. And then they had an inside sales guy who was also the account manager. And so 90%, if not 95% of his day was just keeping these massive companies happy who were their existing clients. And so, of course, when new leads came in, he would just schedule those. He would literally schedule times to follow up with those leads. And as any of us in sales can attest, like, the further you push out even scheduling following up with a lead, you can just like that's almost exponential um, whether you in a down in a, in a bad way, that's almost exponential the amount of time it will take to get them back on the phone if ever. And so these really ripe, awesome leads were expiring at a very fast rate because they were finding other solutions. They were talking with other good salespeople. And because of that, that's why this company didn't grow so after that experience, we were like, forget it. We are never, ever getting in a situation like that where we crush it and do that well in marketing and do that well in the results we drive over the course of a whole year and not get a renewal. So from then on, we were like, you know, we need to teach people how we sell. We need to teach people our sales process and we need to build a sales process that's templated so it can fit with any company. And... Any company that fits with inbound um, is probably the best way to put it. And so because of that, um, we kind of put our, our nose to the grindstone and um, came up with a sales process. It's very similar to HubSpot's sales process um, and then came up with a whole strategy around getting sales teams united and basically <laughs> making them think it was their idea the whole sales process and making them think that it's customized to them every single time because of the questions we ask. But really, I mean, in full transparency, they're all leading questions to get them to our sales process mm -hmm. uh, because it works every single time. And so that's a service we've been offering now. And uh, we've had some companies adopt it so much that they 
want to hire us to be their sales manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to tell them that I don't think that's as good of a fit. <laughs> but that's how much they're bought in. You know, they're like, this is freaking awesome. Would you please just lead our sales team? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're yeah. not inside. That's probably not going to work. But we appreciate it. And we like the compliment a lot. Um, but that's how well this works when you define it this way. And um, we break it down into process systems, then technology. And I can get into more of that um, later or, or in any, you know, uh, calls kind of uh, individually. Right. Um, so what does, I mean, there's a ton, everyone who I've talked to who does this, uh, who's purposely offering sales enablement services, whether it's just part of the normal partnership um, or you can also purchase it as like a, a separate piece or whatever. Everybody who I've talked to who does that has all done it out of the same pain point that you described. <laughs> Everyone's gone through I'm that experience <laughs> where they've delivered great results, what they think are great results in the marketing yeah. side, and there's this huge disconnect that's happening there. Um, so as you're, someone comes to you and wants to work with you guys, is like what's happening off the bat? Is this whole sales process thing happening as part of their onboarding? Does it come first? Does it yeah. come afterwards? Great question. Yeah. So, so that that was kind of a quick. What I went into was a snapshot of of really, like, why did we get into this, and how have we gotten into this, and then uh, now you know now I can tell you how what we're doing today, ongoing. So we're and we're working very actively to really flush this out, but. Um, we've been, we've been doing this with some recent new business and it's been working really, really well as taking marketing and sales completely off the table and, and saying, you know what, let's, let's not qualify these things, anything, let's not call these things, anything, let's just refer to this as growth. And this, this obviously the HubSpot sales process does, I would say, you know, what they teach in the partner onboarding and everything else. Like they probably do, I'd say 60 to 70% of this already. So it's going to sound very familiar and people be like, oh, I'm doing that too. Um, but there's a later piece of this that that's really big is, you know, what we'll do is we'll go down all the way down the uh, process where we'll say like, okay, how many leads do you need? Because how many of them are you closing? Because how many of them are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? And obviously, this works way better with companies that actually have these numbers. Um, we can talk about how you do it with companies that don't because we do work with funded. Oh, gosh. Yep. For some reason there, your audio uh, audio just popped out there as you were saying. We do work with Fund and then it, it dropped real quick. You want to say that again? Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw it too. I think it might have been an internet thing. Um uh, what I was saying was, and can you hear me okay now? Yep, coming through. We're good. Okay. I think we had a little internet hiccup on our side. Um, so really, you know, we do work with funded startups. So we can, I, I can tell you about how you get to these numbers or what's a strategy to use when you don't have any numbers to work with. But ideally, they would have their numbers where it's um, as minimal as you know, how many leads are you closing per month? or per year or whatever. And then you just divide by 12. <laughs> you know, how many leads are you, are you closing? Um, how many uh, visits are becoming leads? And that'll give you kind of a benchmark of, of what you're looking at. And then helping them determine really how much of your lifetime value per, per customer are you willing to spend to acquire that customer. And so it's all about growth. Doesn't matter what, how we get them. Let's assume that 
they come magically and from a subscription service, you know, how, how much would you pay? And that has been working really, really well for us because then they realize, you know what, who cares if you're writing 10 blog posts or 5,000 per month? Or who cares if you're doing sales help or who cares if you're doing all these different things as long as you're getting these results. And when you lock down those numbers, some of the numbers you'll lock down are sales numbers. And so with a with a uh, opportunity we're talking to even right now, I think this was like uh, this was uh, last week, Friday, so three days ago, um, we were working with them and talking this through, found out that their uh, their lead to customer conversion rate was 10% um, in the certain market that we were expanding into and 22% for the market that they were already in. And so I told them, I'm like, look, you know, we're not going to talk about how we're going to get increase these numbers right now, but you're going to give me a salesperson and they're going to do everything to the T that we tell them to do. But let's get back to talking about how much we're going to get you each new customer. And so Basically, what a marketing company can do is they can a marketing and sales company can do um, as we're kind of rebranding ourselves is you can take the goals that your clients are looking to get and you can invest their dollars in what you know is going to work to get the goals that they want to hit. And you know the certain conversion rates that you want to address with certain services. So if they have a very low lead to customer conversion rate and after talking with them you figure out some of those reasons of why because they're not calling leads is a huge like just ask people how how long does it take before you call a lead like oh well if they don't have a really good fast answer they have no freaking idea how long it takes and they have no accountability set up so that's a great pain point that addresses the need for sales enablement services because you know you can increase that conversion rate and if you're able to make these investments and you know that they hand you the budget to do that and you have these certain things, these certain, these certain uh, milestones as accountability along the way, that's how you can show short-term large impact with a long-term inbound marketing retainer over 12 months because you can impact the things that are closest to money. You know, you can impact sales, which is at the bottom of the funnel. And so that's how we've actually gone that far where we've started to take off. You know what? We're not even going to talk about whether we're going to do a new website yet. We're not even going to talk about whether we're going to do a million blog posts a month <laughs> or whatever. You know, we're not even going to talk about how we're going to train up your sales team. We're going to talk about these goals and what's what's going and how we're going to hit it. And then with my turn my team internally, we make the plans of how we're going to hit those. And then at the very end, we'll basically say, look, we're going to agree to hit these numbers and here are the milestones we're going to hit. And that's all we're agreeing to. And then we get to decide how that happens. Right. I love that. I think from the customer side, that's the that's the best case scenario for them. I know everyone wants to dive into tactics, but really keeping it focused around the goals and also getting those numbers out of customers uh, during that sales process, during onboarding and figuring out. Um, where are the weaknesses right now? Where where can we make the biggest impact right now? That's we use uh, the inbound revenue calculator that we have at Guava Box, and we can link up to that in the show notes as well. But that really helps us to establish. Listen, here are concrete numbers that we have right now. 
hear our results from other people where we've improved these different numbers. Like where are we weak right now? And let's address that. And like you said, you guys then have the ability to, uh, to allocate the resources where they need to go to improve the numbers so that you can show the biggest results. And then you can, I think also tying it back into, uh, in the software spaces, the golden ratio is the cost of cost of customer acquisition to LTV, the CAC to LTV ratio. Um, and I think that I think tying it into that makes sense for almost any type of business. It doesn't have to be software. Um, the ratios are going to look numbered, look different depending on whether they're software <laughs> or what industry it's, it's in. But um, sure. But yeah, I think there's a ton of uh, a ton of potential and good advice uh, from you for anyone who is getting into sales or trying struggling through sales right now. Um, to just focus on what the goals are and have control over how those resources get allocated by focusing on on the, the end result. So, good stuff. Well, Josh, I uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time here, but appreciate you coming on and being willing to share. Before I let you go, want to reiterate to people, if you were heading to Inbound, which probably the majority of folks listening right now are going to be at Inbound um, in November, you are going to be speaking on, tell me if I got this right, The Art of the Five-Minute Follow-Up? Correct. Yeah, that's going to be the session title. Awesome. Or that is, I should say, the session title. Sweet. So once we uh, once we get details on when that is on the schedule, do you have that yet, by the way? I think I do, and I was actually looking it up now. So if you go to the speakers, um, you'll have to click, uh, you go to just inbound.com slash inbound16 slash speakers. And then it's kind of a little janky, but uh, if you just go to the tracks and click um, inbound, there's a there's a track and it'll it'll be it'll be filtered up. Just click inbound sales, and I am the first one on the third row. Awesome! <laughs> it's like it's like all these different ways to get there, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So if you go there, and then you'll be able to click directly to. Um, You'll be able to click directly to the the talk, and you can actually save it in your in your uh, in your itinerary or whatever. But it's going to be on. I'm, I'm clicking on it now, kind of stalling because I'm going to it. Um, go. It's going to be on Thursday, November 10th at 11:45 a.m. So Thursday, November 10th, 11:45 a.m. That's when the talk is going to be. Um, they haven't figured out where it's going to be yet because of uh, demand. They've actually already had to switch it up to a different room, so which is a cool thing. But uh, yeah, that is awesome. You're going to have to bring a strong close to that because you are the pre lunchtime talk. So the beginning oh of that the beginning of that session is going to be hopping. There's going to be people everywhere, and if it if it's not strong, Josh, you're going to wind up with like <laughs> you and two people sitting there. If you have to be like, okay, and then at the end, I'm going to tell you my magic formula. That's right. <laughs> Formula. <laughs> Don't go. Just and come up with a hook that is not true at all. Yeah, exactly. Be like, oh, just kidding. Lunch is here. Looks like we'll have to save my magic formula. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that'll be a lot of fun. And if you want to spend some time talking a little bit more, and I think, um, Gray, you said you might link this as well. Uh, I'm gonna, I am actually giving a scheduling link so you guys can book any time that works well for you on my availability it's just huify.co, so H-U-I-F-Y-H-U-I-F-Y.co slash new HubSpot partner. And that's all lowercase. Um, 
you don't have to be a new HubSpot partner. That just happens to be what the link is from a previous webinar. So you're more than welcome to book time with me. And uh, I can tell you a little bit more about how you can do this for your own agency and some of the things that we've learned along the way. Awesome. That's a great resource, Josh. I definitely encourage people who are struggling through the sales process to get in touch and chat through it. Um, if you guys want it, you can also grab a closing culture. We'll link up to that in the show notes along with all the resources we talked about here. Josh, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. appreciate it. Thanks, Gray, for having me and everyone who's listened all the way to this point. Thanks so much for staying on. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.